Thank you for tuning in. This episode focuses on our reporter's experience at the national championship, and it was recorded prior to the tragic car accident that claimed the lives of UGA football player Devin Willock, age 20, and football recruitment analyst Chandler LaCroix, age 24. This episode is an episode of celebration, and because of that, and the timing in which it was recorded, it does not mention these tragic events or what these events have meant to this community. We completely understand this community is grieving this loss, and we at the Red and Black wish to be respectful of that during this time. We still wanted to bring this story to you, and thank you for listening. Our hearts go out to those grieving. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Between the Headphones, a Georgia sports podcast. I'm print managing editor Stuart Steele. Today, I'm joined by sports editor John James and chief photographer Jessica Gratney to discuss covering the national championship in Los Angeles. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having me, Stu. And thanks for having me. So I wanted to just start with probably the most exciting or you know, exhilarating moment that happened to any of us individually covering this game, which, Jessica, involved you getting, you know, almost run over by Kenny McIntosh. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, I just remember I was sitting on the sideline and all of a sudden I see him running towards me. And of course, that's when I reach for my wide angle because he's getting close. And then I see him hurdle the photographers next to me. So I was like, well, this might be the moment. So I just ducked down and hoped for the best. And I remember getting back up and I was like, well, thank goodness someone saw that. And I reached for my phone and I had like 10 texts of like people asking me like, are you okay? Are you alive? And um, luckily no one got hurt on the sideline, surprisingly, because there's a, a bunch of us crowded on there, as you can see, like in the videos and everything. So when it happened, did you immediately know, oh, this is going to be on ESPN? No, I was really hoping like no one saw that because I was like, you know, I don't I don't like being on TV, but uh, it ended up I heard that it was replayed several times afterwards. And also some other photographers got it and was publishing it places. So, I mean, I guess that was my moment of fame. Yeah, I mean, we saw it up in the press box, not on the initial play. I don't think we knew what happened, but on a replay, we kind of noticed you there and we were, you know, having a good time with it. We thought it was really funny, but. We were glad you were okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the funny part was most of my friends were just laughing about it. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so now that we got that important moment out of the way, I wanted to just go back to our initial, you know, getting to Los Angeles and what that was like for us. Because I want this to kind of be a window into what it's like covering a game like this. So the big thing with our flight was, you know, we were going out on Sunday. So we needed to catch the flight or we would have potentially just been out of luck as far as getting to the game. So it became a little bit unnecessarily stressful. Uh, John, do you want to kind of talk about that? So yeah, I was particularly worried about missing the flight for several reasons. Uh, firstly, we didn't really have a backup plan as far as what we would do if we didn't make the flight. Secondly, it would really hinder our chances of getting to the national championship. And that puts us in a bad position, but it also puts our employer in a bad position and I didn't really want to represent the Red and Black as that guy who missed the national championship in one of the two years George has made it in over four decades. So yeah, that was, that was a problem. Also, the Red and Black paid for the flight, and those tickets were not cheap because L.A., Atlanta, national championship. 
So there was just a whole lot of things adding to my general anxiety on Sunday. Uh, I mean, I wasn't too worried just because usually things work out for the best most of the time. But I think when we got to the airport finally and there was a ton of traffic because something had happened at the terminal, that was when I was a bit worried when she, our driver, was saying that it might take 30 minutes to get to the terminal and we were already running a little bit late. But luckily, everything worked out. We made the flight and obviously made it to the game safely. Yeah, I was worried for the same reasons John was pretty much, but also, you know, it's partially a selfish worry of I really wanted to cover the national championship game because that's a cool thing to do. But I mean, yeah, it would have been really embarrassing for us to be dubbed as like the group that failed to make their flight and didn't make it out to Los Angeles for that because I feel like we would have gone down in red and black lore for that. So I'm, I'm glad that's not the case. So moving into game day, uh, it was, you know, we got there pretty early and there was a little bit of a different situation than our normal game day coverage because we got this interesting opportunity to talk to second gentleman Doug Emhoff. John, you handled most of the interview with him. I asked him one kind of throwaway question at the end. What was it like talking to Doug? Honestly, it was a little intimidating just because I didn't really know what to expect. They gave us a time to meet them. And they gave, and they told us that we would have five minutes for the interview. So we were going in pretty much blind. And the fact that we ran around the tunnels below SoFi for like 12 minutes beforehand looking for them, that didn't help my nerves at all. But when the actual interview happened, it rolled much better than I expected it to. Uh, Imhoff was a really good speaker, and uh, it was it was a really really beneficial experience, I think. Yeah, and Jess, you guys kind of got to. There was a situation where you had to get approval on any images we could potentially use and stuff like that. What was it like shooting for that? Um, it was really cool getting to take photos of them because last year I actually covered um, the first lady Jill Biden came to Athens, so it kind of felt like a connection moment. And um, yeah, I mean they asked for approval, but I don't I feel like it was a breach of like journalism ethics because it was just making sure. We didn't take a weird photo of him or anything, but it was really cool getting to meet someone like that. So Yeah, and then kind of speaking to just your pregame, you know, situation and getting ready to shoot and maybe taking some photos pregame as well. What was that like down on the field? Yeah, um, usually before the games, I'll shoot warm-ups just so I can warm up myself as well. And uh, big bowl games like this, we um, are allowed to rent equipment from the Canon repair shop. Um, so I was using a really nice mirrorless um, R5 camera, which was really exciting because uh, that's really expensive, especially for a student journalist. So I was testing that out a lot and really loved shooting with it. And so um, that was cool. And then Pentatonics was there and our photo editor, Sydney, um, got to take some cool photos of them during that time. Yeah, and John, so pregame for us was probably a little less hectic outside of the second gentleman thing. We're kind of just hanging out in the press box. But do you want to talk about, like, our vantage point a little bit or what it was like in the press box? Um, I really enjoyed my time in the press box, honestly. SoFi is, uh, has very good amenities. I love the taco spread. Um, our vantage point wasn't necessarily the best, but, like, that's not to say it was bad in any frame. It just, there could have been a better place in SoFi, which is a very good place for us to be. Yeah, hard agree on the tacos. They were very tasty. But the only problem that our vantage point really presented was a very specific corner of the end zone, which only really became a problem on the A.D. Mitchell touchdown. 
but we could stand up to see it. It was just kind of weird when plays went into that area, but it was cool just to be there, obviously, and it was exciting. So back to you, Jess. Kind of once the game started and, and you were shooting, you know, the action, what was that like for you? Was it any different than usual or just what is that generally like? Yeah, I would say that SoFi has been my favorite place to shoot. The light in there is extremely nice. I will say that uh, during our time in L.A., which is usually known as like sunny and 75 year round, um, it was pouring down rain during the game, which the stadium is covered, but there's some leaks in it. So by the end of the game, like it was raining inside the cover stadium, which is a bit crazy. Um, but luckily it didn't affect our coverage. And I think at the start of the game, things were a bit chaotic on the sidelines because there were just so many photographers there. And um, but things mellowed out as many games do. Um, so it was a lot of fun once I found a spot to get situated. And it was always good seeing familiar faces from like previous red and black photo editors on the sideline as well. What was it like writing in the press box during the game? Yeah, so I, I weirdly, this game was kind of one of the least stressful of the year for us, I felt like, uh, especially coming off the Peach Bowl where I had to rewrite pretty much my whole post-game observation story because this game was such a blowout. It was really in hand for Georgia by halftime. I, I could kind of leisurely get up. my. I had a, a, a quick little piece going up right after the game, just Georgia won back-to-back titles. Kind of just a quick news hit, and I think even halftime observations was pretty easy for me to write because it was clear how the half was going very early on, so it was easy to write it from, like, Georgia's really dominating the game so far, and it's like a half away from a national championship. John, what did you think? Honestly, the most difficult part for us was, like, deciding which part of the game to highlight. For those who don't know, the Red and Black publishes two sidebars after each game, just talking about the most interesting or impactful aspect of the game but against TCU so many Georgia players excelled so we had to kind of isolate which ones we really wanted to talk about the defense played really well Brock Bowers played really well Stetson Bennett played really well the running backs played well when they got got the ball the offensive line played well so it was really just trying to isolate which guys deserved that spotlight after the game yeah, when we got down to writing sidebars, I really had like a bit of a writer's block situation, and I think it was partially caused from just we've written about Stetson so much this year, and I kind of didn't want to do it in my brain, but like my my heart was like that was the most important part of it was the Stetson Bennett performance, the curtain call situation, so we did end up with going with that, and Part of my rationalization, too, is we had the whole national championship paper coming out to give some more shine to the defense, so I didn't feel too bad about it, but it was just, it was a tough situation when we got up to the, the press box after kind of the post-game stuff, and I sat down to write, and it was the first time really all season I, I didn't know what I wanted to write immediately, but I was really happy with how it turned out. So moving to like the post-game celebration part and kind of the end of the game as well, what was it like shooting that? And is it kind of especially hectic for you during such a like, you know, everyone's running on the field, all the media is trying to get on there as well. What's that like for you? Um, Being on the field towards the end of the game, it kind of felt like I was able to see such intimate, special moments because... Um, as y'all remember, they took some timeouts to recognize the seniors, and I remember the first one, they recognized Stetson, and a bunch of fans 
had their flashlights on as they do at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And many people brought uh, pieces of mail that had Stetson's name on it, which was a cool little detail and moment for him, I'm sure. And um, I got one photo of Stetson and Kirby hugging, and it was just such a bittersweet moment. And uh, the following timeout, I believe they recognized Keely Ringo and several other seniors, and there was a lot of dancing and just cheerful moments on the field after that. Um, But then once the game concluded, obviously they rushed the field, and I remember seeing Kirby. He ran immediately to the fans and was holding up his hat, like, celebrating and um, Kendall Milton even ran over to his parents and they threw him a a cigar from the stands and it was just like a lot of celebration and Kenny McIntosh came out and took a bunch of photos of fans while he was holding the flag and so just a lot of fun uh, moments there. Um, Once they had the stage set up I got to go a little bit closer and take some close-up images as they were Uh, announcing the winner and um, that was just a really cool moment. So you're on the field photographing such a historic moment for Georgia. Were you more or less nervous for that compared to the game itself? Um, Seeing how the game went I was definitely not very nervous during the game because it was relatively easy to photograph Um, but when it comes to the celebration moment that's usually going to be most people's front page like the most important image that the photographer should get and so when we all went onto the field, I think because of how many people were rushing, like the news stations, the photographers, everyone, uh, one of the bleachers actually broke. So I ended up having to stand behind the area where the football players were and being so short, I was holding my camera up as high as I could the entire time and luckily got um, some pretty nice shots from that. And then so, I mean, is there, it has to be such a big like feeling of pressure having, you know, you were around for the Natty the natty last year in the paper afterwards and seeing how much people wanted that and how important that front page photo was was it like an extra layer of pressure knowing so many people are going to want the issue oh definitely because we had kate our previous photo editor during the fall last year um photograph the front cover and so there's a little bit of stress taken off of me then but knowing that i had to feel those shoes and seeing how many people were lined up i was like i need to get the shot and I was trying to keep that in mind while holding up my camera. My arms were hurting from just shooting the whole game, and luckily that all worked out. What was y'all's post-game coverage like? So we were very fortunate that the celebration kind of gives us some extra time to get where we need to go because John and I kind of took a wrong turn trying to get down there. Literally a wrong turn because it's a circle. I mean, we just picked the wrong direction, and basically we're walking through the entire tunnel of SoFi Stadium for like 10-ish minutes. We went past like TCU's cheerleaders and I think their band I saw Max Duggan in the tunnel um, and eventually we made it around to the, the Georgia locker room but it was like the worst path for us to take it was kind of memorable though we were passing Georgia's team buses and stuff like that so I mean it was fine and we didn't need to be doing anything during that time we just needed to get into position because they were having open locker room and uh, kind of like a breakout room of some of the key players and then Kirby Stetson and Javon were going to talk at like a more official press conference. Yeah, so outside of the directional challenges we encountered, um, SoFi's post-game experience was really, really smooth for us. There was obviously the Kirby press conference with Stetson and Javon, and most of the national writers were at that. So we kind of had a breakout room to ourselves with some of the lesser-known Georgia players, like Smile, Munden, 
Christopher Smith, who was a senior who absolutely deserves his flowers. Um, so that was it was a really interesting experience to be able to go one on one with those players after the game, especially considering that it was such a nationally relevant game. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say lesser known players necessarily because Brock Bowers and Kenny McIntosh were both there as well. But it was cool getting to talk to them in kind of a, a more intimate setting. Like, it, I got a little bit of one on one time with Chris Smith and with Smile Munden and with Brock as well. So that was kind of cool. Um, we both went into the locker room. John bailed on the locker room a little earlier than I did. I hung out just to kind of take in what it was like because it felt like a unique experience. The main thing was a lot of smoking cigars was going on, so it didn't smell amazing. <laughs> um, but it was cool to see a lot of former Georgia players in the locker room. Um, Kirby Smart was right there, and it, it was interesting because I hadn't gotten that experience before. I didn't personally go up and talk to anybody during this period because it felt a little bit like you know, interrupting their celebration, but it was, I mean, it was a cool opportunity for journalists who were going and talking to people. And it was just, it was nice. Like you said, the whole post game experience was really well done by SoFi, especially compared to how it was at Mercedes Benz stadium. They did not do as good a job during the peach bowl or sec championship game. So nice change of pace. So I've been wondering as a writer, what goes into picking the story that y'all want to tell? Yeah, so as I kind of touched on earlier, I got a little bit of writer's block this time, but I think I started to lean towards writing about Stetson Bennett during his, well, maybe during talking to Brock Bowers and Christopher Smith, because they both gave me pretty good quotes about what Stetson kind of meant to the program and stuff like that, and that's when I really, like, recentered myself, like, that is kind of the most important thing that happened, just, like, saying goodbye to somebody who's pretty much a program legend at this point especially after winning the second national championship game and then I thought Stetson was really good during his post-game press conference um maybe a little more a little less guarded I would say than he usually is he doesn't always give us a lot during the post-game stuff but I think because it was his last game he was more willing to talk um and Kirby as well was also talking about Stetson as kind of a an NFL prospect and, and again what he means to the program and I thought it just really when I was back in the press box thinking about it I was like that's got to be what I write about like the other option was the defense which we said like it was a deserving story but I was like we can just save it for me it came down to circumstances really because there were a lot of guys who deserved that postgame feature but Brock Bowers had one of the best games of his career in Hollywood which is in his home state, and it was his first game in Hollywood, since, or on the West Coast, actually, since he'd gotten to Georgia. So it was really a return home. It was a homecoming, and he really showed out. Uh, so I think he impressed. I think he impressed on a big stage, and I think he deserved to be featured for that. And I'd say, I mean, another thing with John's process, and let me know if I'm right about this, but I think Javon Bullard was another big contender, but he didn't really get asked a lot of questions because he was with Stetson and 90% of the questions and I think it was because it was national media partially were about Stetson and you know the being the last game going to the NFL all that kind of stuff and really they were repeating a lot and it felt like Javon was just sitting there for a long time we got a lot more good stuff from him the day after and were able to put together a really strong piece for the paper but sometimes the cards just fall in a way where you have to write about something else. I knew that we had a national championship newspaper coming out uh, later that week, so I knew that we would have a chance to touch on Javon Bullard's 
career best day, and I thought Brock Bowers had the potential for a longer feature at the time of the story. So speaking of the national championship paper, uh, it was kind of a weird situation for us where we were having to get everything ready for it by the day after because that's when the paper needs to be done by for it to get printed in time. What was that like for you with getting photos ready for it and, and captions and all that kind of stuff? Luckily with shooting the game, we're pretty much done once we get our photos edited, captioned, and turned in. Um, there was a bit of like editing for the paper that went on like at the airport, um, but I know y'all had to stay up pretty late. What was that like? Yeah, so this was probably one of the more hectic things that we've dealt with from just a, a pure like writing perspective and that kind of thing where we had to have all our stories in and edited and as fact-checked as we could by, by the day after. So we were working pretty much all night. We got maybe two hours of sleep. Um, and even then we weren't really, we didn't get all of the fact-checking done. So it was, it was pretty crazy because everyone had to send in their stories that night because we had the whole football beat writing stuff. Yeah, so it was really a hectic process for us because we got back to the hotel at about 3 or 4 a.m. Eastern time, and I still had like about 10 or 12 things I needed to do for the paper the next day. So it was kind of like compartmentalizing and sorting out, okay, this is what I'm going to do right now. This is what I'm going to do after that. This is everything I need to do before I can get these two hours of sleep in when we both got in about two hours of sleep in total. Um, so it was it was definitely an interesting experience, but I honestly had one of the best times of my life doing it. So last thing, guys, just moving away from the football game and, and the national championship, what was your favorite thing we did in our short time in Los Angeles? Jess. My favorite part was definitely getting to see some family while we were over there. My aunt and uncle lived there, so it was cool getting to spend time with them while working um, far away from home. Yeah, Jess's aunt came in clutch for us. She was very helpful, and uh, she got us In-N-Out Burger, which was my personal favorite thing we did. It was already the one thing I wanted to get done because I didn't think we'd have a lot of time to go see any sights or anything, and I was I was not disappointed. It was a very, very tasty burger. I may have been influenced by the fact that I hadn't eaten basically anything for the whole day, including a flight, but at the time, it, it was really good. And John? Yeah, I mean, right after we went to In-N-Out, we kind of took a tour of L.A. We went to the Walk of Fame. My personal favorite was Snoopy. We went to Beverly Hills. We saw a beautiful fountain. And we talked about how we had a lot of responsibility on our heads going into L.A., covering the national championship and everything. And for just that night, it felt like we were just a couple of college kids driving around the big city, and that was really, really refreshing. Well, that's about it for us. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Between the Headphones. Um, We'll be back with more later in the spring. I will not be hosting anymore, though. John will be your host, primarily. Um, And thanks for coming on the show, John and Jess. Always happy to be here, Stu. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm Stuart Steele. You can find other episodes wherever you get your podcasts and on redandblack.com. For even more Georgia football coverage, visit redandblack.com slash gameday. We'll tee it up between the headphones again next week.